Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. I was all set to record this podcast today and all of a sudden I ate some chocolate cake that I made. Actually, to be specific, I made a German Black Forest cake. And if you're South Asian and you're not from here, meaning you weren't born in America, I was born in India and I was raised in Jakarta, Indonesia, we're very British at home meaning my upbringing was very British and I went to a British school. So in India, we love Black Forest cake. And by the way, Publix has a bomb-ass Black Forest cake. And so I was just craving that Black Forest cake and I ended up making it. And I've been pretty good, you know, since my chocolate binge from December, I decided to come clean and... I took these magnesium pills that I have. Again, if you want to know what these pills are, just DM me. They're all natural. But basically, they clean you out. And I take them for three days in a row. And TMI, but you're literally shitting clear water by day three. And so I had kind of cleaned my bowels. I don't think anyone's ever said that on a podcast before. But I've been eating clean and, you know, making food at home and juicing. And then I had this black forest cake and it just did not sit right with me. And I had this weird, nauseous, headachey, heavy feeling and it just wasn't good. And then I took a nap for 30 minutes. My husband, on the other hand, has been working nonstop for two weeks straight. I think I've seen the man twice and he had a 72-hour emergency He was in the operating room, you know, just working on various patients. And 
He finally came home, like literally after three days, and he's sleeping now. Which, you know, I was talking about with my group chat. I was like, you know, everyone says they want to marry Serge, my husband, that they love him. He's the sweetest guy. But I'm like, yeah, but you would go nuts. Like, I just happen to be a very independent person, and I was raised to be that way as well. And in my house, like, yes, we eat together. Yes, we have family time and we do things together. But for the most part, we're all doing our own thing in our rooms, you know, and we congregate when it's like time to eat or there's something to discuss. But for the most part, we're all pretty independent in my immediate family. And we didn't eat dinner together growing up because my dad was working till like 11 p.m. midnight, you know, burning the midnight oil. And he would come home for lunch and we were at school. So it wasn't until we really got older, you know, once we were in college that we would eat together for lunch because my dad has always come home for lunch. But, you know, for most of our lives, he, he would come home like at 11 p.m., 10 p.m., midnight, you know, working. And that's life when you own your own business. Or he was traveling for work, you you know, it was one or the other. And I'm so thankful my dad did that. You know, I'm never going to be like, oh, my dad wasn't there for me. My dad did everything he could for us. And when he was in town, he took us to school every day. We went out to eat once a week, every Friday for dinner as a family. You know, we either had pizza night one of the days in the weekend and then we had you know a night out and so I was thinking that because of my upbringing and my dad was always working and my mom was with us most of the time that I'm used to my husband being away and we've discussed this like if we were to ever have kids like the life of a surgeon you know I'm going to be doing 90% of the parenting you know it is what it is And it's something you have to be okay with. You have to be okay with yourself. And another point that I want to bring up, we were discussing this, you know, me and a girlfriend the other day. If you're dating someone or married to someone successful or ambitious or who's going places, they're most likely not going to be available. I don't know anyone who's successful that's around. Those men are booked and busy. They're they're not available to give you all the attention in the world. You have to be a very independent woman and probably comfortable with spending time by yourself. But he's been working nonstop. He's finally done today. And then he gets a little break. But I don't sleep well when he's not home because... I don't know if this will make sense to you or not, and I don't know where most of you live. I mean, I do know a lot of you live in New York City and Toronto and California and Texas. That's where most of our listeners, you know, live. But if you're in one of the smaller towns, correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, coming from a big city like Miami and being between Miami and New York for most of my life, my dad was a textile distributor. So we were always in New York City and then living in New York City later from, you know, my late 20s to my mid 30s for seven years. I just feel safe in big cities. And to me, yes, they say Phoenix, Scottsdale is one of the biggest cities in America. That's because they've just made every city Phoenix, you know, like Miami, they've like 
separated it into little towns and cities. But for the most part, Miami, the city is huge. But because they've created cities within Miami, it's not considered a big city, but it's huge. Whereas in Phoenix, they haven't distinguished, you know, neighborhoods. It's all Phoenix. And Scottsdale, many people don't know because a lot of people who come visit me, they're like, oh, do I have to go to Scottsdale Airport? Like, no, Scottsdale is just a suburb of Phoenix. It's just a wealthy suburb. Like, people don't get, like, you just fly into Phoenix and Scottsdale's like 15 minutes away. It's the equivalent of saying Miami Coral Gables or Dallas Highland Park or New York City Upper East Side. But my point is, these are big cities, in my opinion, and that's where I thrive. I thrive in metropolitan cities where things are happening, there's people, and here, like for me, it's the unknown, right? Like Arizona, Scottsdale, like you walk out into the street, like there's no one. There might not even be a car, but it's considered a big city because they haven't differentiated between the neighborhoods. It's all just Phoenix. But it is a small town. It is small town vibes. And it's scary. So I don't sleep well when my husband's not home. Because I just don't feel safe here. And there's nothing wrong. Nothing's even happened. But in the beginning, when I first moved here, you know, I was doing my steps, like walking 10k steps. I like ambient steps. I don't like walking on a treadmill, which eventually my husband got me one because I wasn't walking outside, but I'd walk outside and I'd see people. But then at other times I'd see no one. And then they'd be like homeless people that weren't, you know, doing well and, you know, mentally, and you didn't know what was going to happen. And so I stopped going for walks. Then I switched it up. I live right across the mall, right in front of Neiman Marcus. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to walk around the mall. But it's like small town vibes, right? Like how many times can you walk around the same mall? Like it's just boring. And so I got the treadmill, which I've not been doing that either. But in Miami, where my parents live, like you can just walk for miles upon miles. And there's no guarantee that you're going to be safe, but you just feel better because you're in a big city. Although I did hear that one of the migrant workers in New York City, they have that going on right now, stole the phone off someone, like a woman, and she had a lanyard on her phone, and he dragged her on his moped with the lanyard. So, and no one helped her, and apparently that's happening in the city. Like, no one's helping people. You're just watching people get attacked because everyone's so scared. So, I, I mean, the New York I was living in from 2010 to 2017 is a very different New York now. It's still the greatest city in the world and where I feel most at home. But, you know, I, I heard right now it's, it's they're not doing too great over there. Someone asked me today if I was a Trump supporter. I think I've been very clear on this podcast and in general, like, I'm not a Trump supporter. I am not a Republican. I am a Democrat. However, I am not extreme left either. I am not like a lib, like a supreme liberal, like no. I would say I'm, you know, able to see both sides and both viewpoints. 
but I am a Democrat for the most part. And there's a big political debate going on right now with what's going on in Alabama. In an unprecedented decision, Alabama's Supreme Court has ruled frozen embryos are children. And all of this happened because apparently some parents were going through the in vitro process and a patient somehow got through this freezer where the embryos are and they were so cold, obviously, because they're being frozen, the patient dropped them. And so they're suing this patient for wrongful death of their embryos. And I get that because they probably spent a lot of money to get these embryos. And then why is some random patient, from what I understand, taking these embryos out of the freezer in the first place? Like, what's happening? And to everyone's surprise, the court decided that, yeah, this is a wrongful death, that the embryos are considered people and life. And embryos are things, right? But this is going to have a lot of effects on what happens now with embryos all over the country. And that's wild. Whether you're pro-life, pro-choice, whatever you are, this is going to wreak havoc, I think. As someone who doesn't have embryos but has frozen eggs, who would like to have frozen embryos, I can't imagine, you know, that I want to, let's say, destroy my embryos that I don't want to use. I don't want anyone else using them, but I can't destroy them because they're considered living beings and it's murder if I want to destroy my embryos. I don't know how many people out there, me included, want our embryos lying around. Like, I don't want my embryos lying around. I know some people pay to have them frozen till they either decide they're not going to use them or they just want to keep it just in case. But for the most part, I don't know how many people are actually keeping these embryos frozen or alive, I should say, in this case, till whenever, like till infinity. Like, who knows? And I am also able to understand that in order to win this case, the parents who are clearly fucking pissed, as any of us would be, that some patient randomly had access to their embryos and destroyed them, you know, wanted to sue. And this was the loophole they found. But now this loophole is going to cause a lot of problems. And it's going to cause problems for people who might want to keep trying. Let's say you're trying to get pregnant and it's not working, but you can't keep these embryos frozen indefinitely now because of this rule, because they might have to put like a time constraint now since they're considered like living beings. And it's devastating. And I read the statistic, you know, one in five women in America, age 15 to 49, I don't know why it goes as low as 15, that should not be the case, has trouble getting pregnant, which is astonishing. You know, it tells you how many people are probably going to need in vitro and will probably have frozen embryos. And now we're going to say in the state of Alabama that embryos are living things. So, you know, 
can't keep them frozen forever. And what healthcare provider is going to want to even continue the in vitro process in a state where getting rid of embryos is considered murder? We've got enough to deal with as women. It's just tragic. And I watched a TikTok and it, and it made so much sense. And some of you I know who listen are on TikTok, but for the most part, I'm one of the rare millennials on TikTok. We need you guys on there. First of all, I use TikTok because there's just so much information on there and you can use it for good or bad, right? Like you can go on the internet and choose to watch garbage and use the internet inappropriately, or you can use the internet to learn something like YouTube University, like you can learn a language, learn a skill, like there's so much good and positive that you could take from the internet. It really all depends on how you use it. And the same thing goes for social media, in my opinion. And there's this term coming up now called trad mom, T-R-A-D, which is short for traditional mom. I'm learning all of this on TikTok, by the way. And it's these moms whose accounts are all about like being the traditional homemaker. They're staying home, cooking, taking care of the kids. And that's what they're showing you. They're showing you this like 1950s mom life in 2024. And that's great. But the issue comes in now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you've got content creators like Emily Mariko, the Salmon Bowl girl, Nara Smith, who's like this supermodel that wears couture gowns and cooks in her kitchen, and she's like 22, though, and married to a Mormon, and Ballerina Farm. I don't even know her real name. I think her real name is Hannah Nealman. I just looked it up. And all these women are just showing you this life where they stay at home, they cook, and they take care of their kids. But what they're not showing you is that they come from money. Most of these trad influencers come from money. So Emily Mariko is from Columbia and Stanford and worked at Meta, Facebook, but is clearly making more money cooking on social media. Nara Smith, she's a supermodel, 
but she's showing you how she makes lasagna. And this girl just isn't making lasagna the way me and you are making lasagna. She's not buying the lasagna pasta, buying the cheese and like putting it together. No, this girl's making the pasta, making the cheese, making the marinara sauce, literally from scratch. And then Ballerina Farm, who we found out her father-in-law owns like JetBlue and Breeze, like a bunch of airline companies, is pretending to live like this Amish life and has eight kids, I believe, or something crazy like that. And you know, this is not normal in 2024 and not feasible for most women in America today. Most women have to work. But the connection is that this group of women, trad moms, this phenomenon and their accounts have blown up. Like these women have millions of followers now in the past eight months since Roe versus Wade was overturned. And I find that to be fascinating. These accounts are growing in popularity. And this is the sentiment of most people in America. And again, whatever you believe in, whatever political party you associate with, more power to you. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do or who to vote for or how to live your life. But I did find that very interesting, considering my own position. You know, I'm a woman that married later in life, A, by choice, but B, I also didn't find someone that I wanted to marry till later. So what do you do in that case? And now I'm turning 40 this year. And... Uh, I, the the likelihood of me having more than one child is slim to none. So I don't have those choices. And I like watching this content, quite frankly, even though I'm not even remotely close to living this lifestyle of like managing a household and taking care of kids and baking loaves of bread. Like, I'm, yeah, I made myself a German black forest cake, but I, I'm not like baking for a family. I, I did that for my own benefit. You know, I, I did that for me. I ate the cake. But it's this idea now that women prefer domestic duties over working in the modern workforce. And unfortunately, it's not a possibility for most women in America, yet you have these influencers now, these trad mom influencers who make it look like it is possible, except they're coming from an enormous amount of wealth. And with the connection of Roe versus Wade, it's like how many people in America can actually afford to have multiple kids and take care of them well and feed them and provide shelter. It seems like that number is decreasing every year. Me and my husband, we both make money. We're both doing well. We're both in the top 1%. We are still considering whether or not we should have children. And I know people make fun of millennials like, oh, you're avocado toast. But you know what? Like, are we going to live in a world where we're giving up our coffee or our avocado toast? Like, no, those are the small joys in our lives. And this is coming from two people who make money, me and my husband. We are not struggling. But if we were to have a kid, that would drastically change our lifestyle. 
And thankfully, I do have people in my life in similar positions. My friend Caroline, her husband is a big executive, and they decided that they wanted to live a certain lifestyle. And if they were to have kids, they wouldn't be able to. And so they decided not to have kids. Me and my husband are not there yet, but the way things are looking, I don't know, because things are just so expensive. I mean, you're just looking at homes to buy. And just the house my parents live in, right? My parents bought that house that they live in to this day for $400,000. If you were to buy that house now, it's like $5 million. That's insane. That is insane. Something's got to give. And if you're not going to increase salaries in the workforce and introduce AI, then we've got a big problem coming. And I don't think people realize the extent of it and how it's going to have a negative impact on a lot of people and their livelihood. And I'm for technology. You know, I'm, I roll with the punches. But a lot of people aren't privileged. Like, you know, I have a college degree. I have an MBA. I'm in entertainment. You know, I just have different opportunities. But what about the person that doesn't and has like three kids? Like, what are they going to do when AI comes? I mean, it's already come. But when it's implemented in that person's corporation or company or wherever they're working, and they've lost their job now to a computer. And I urge you guys to educate yourselves as well. You know, we're living in a different time. Like no one's going to stop and help you figure it out. You got to do it on your own. Like educate yourself on artificial intelligence, learn a software. It's all free. There's like free classes being taught online for all sorts of things. And if they're not free, you can find ones for like $15 or ebooks. And this is stuff I do. Like I've learned Photoshop on my own. I've learned web design. Like I'm telling you something that I've done on my own as well. Like I know a lot about AI and I don't want to get left behind. Even my husband, who barely has time, I, you know, I tell him what to research and learn as well when he does have the free time. Like, hey, like, read this, you know, this is coming out, this new technology. You just got to keep up with what's happening or you're going to be stuck. And speaking of stuck, I will digress, completely switch gears right now. But is anyone else shook by Wendy Williams and what's happening with her? Like, we all knew she wasn't okay, but now they're saying she has dementia. I mean, Wendy's young. She's only 59. And I know some people are like, oh, karma for talking shit about everyone all those years. Like, she's still a person. You know, she didn't kill anybody. She didn't commit a crime. And I loved, I loved her show. I loved watching her show. And then for it to just end, and then she goes missing for years. And then you see her pop up now on these TikToks where they're coming out with like a lifetime documentary. And apparently she has dementia and she's lost her mind. And if you don't know the backstory, her husband had a mistress and it came out publicly a couple years ago that they were living behind Wendy, like behind Wendy's house. There was a house that her husband had bought the mistress behind Wendy's house. 
and he had bought her a Ferrari, and this was all with Wendy's money. And people are saying, you know, she lost her mind because even though on the outside we're all like, her, her husband was an asshole, and I, I do think he was an asshole for the most part. And if you read up on it, like, he was her manager, and he was, like, very controlling, and people didn't like working with him, but he was her manager. He was calling the shots. And then you're using your wife's money to fund your mistress and her life and her Ferrari. But then I think what hit the nail in the coffin and what kind of did it for Wendy was when the mistress got pregnant and that's when all of this got leaked and the husband left and moved in with the mistress. She lost her mind and now she's got dementia and the show's just ended like out of nowhere. It's, it's really sad. And she struggled with drug abuse and alcoholism on and off. And I think the documentary is insinuating that she's fallen back into that as well. And it's just a shame, you know, it's just a shame to see how one person can ruin your life or impact your life in a way that you ruin your own life. It's so scary how you can just meet the wrong person and that leads to your demise. It is terrifying. Like you have to be so careful with who you come across in life and who you let into your life. And what do you do if you like or love, in this case, love someone awful? Her husband, her ex-husband is awful. But I don't want to leave on a negative note. It is supposed to be quite the day for manifestation. There's some portal nonsense. Like, I don't know what any of that means, but you know, hey, I'm here to do it all for good measure. 2-22, February 22nd, 2024. Makes sense to me. There seems like there's some energy in that number. But I saw this little video and the tip was to write a letter from you in five years with all the good things that have happened to you and where you are and where you see yourself in your dream reality in five years to write a letter to you now, present you. And I just loved that idea because it makes you think like, okay, Anish, in five years, who is she? What is she doing? Where is she? What does she look like? What is she wearing? Does she have a child? Where does she live? What does her house look like? You know, is what does her bank account look like, hon? And writing to me now. I, I, I just thought that was such a cool exercise and I'm actually going to do it right now after I end this episode with you guys. And then it gets a little woo-woo. It's like, okay, then you bury that, like you bury that letter and you water it. Sounds absurd, but hey, I'm here. I'm here for it. And then I was talking to a very close friend. And as you all know, I had a very specific vision board for my husband and my relationship. Like I had a whole separate relationship marriage vision board and most of that came to fruition, which is crazy because I had been obsessed with a few things. I was obsessed with The Marvelous Miss Maisel, 
And I thought, wow, like I would love to do that, like stand up comedy. And I've always wanted to do that, but I think the marvelous Miss Maisel put it in perspective for me and it made it look like it could be a reality because she was from such a conservative background and lived during a time where it was like taboo. And I related to that being from a South Asian patriarchal culture where, you know, you just don't do those things. And then, of course, having done family karma, I was already like on my way. Or as my mom might have said a couple of years ago, like tarnished my reputation already. She doesn't think that now she's evolved as well. And then in season two, when the marvelous Miss Maisel, you know, she met Dr. Benjamin and then I met my husband and then I'm doing stand up and it's all just, it's just kind of creepy and putting that Bollywood star Karthik Aryan on my vision board and my husband has a striking resemblance to him and watching the Bollywood movie Kabir Singh and it's about this surgeon and I just was like, wow, it'd be hot to be with a surgeon and then I, my husband's a surgeon. Like, it's just insane. The, the power of the mind, because all of these exercises, you're basically just creating memory patterns and repetitions for your mind. And hopefully they make some sort of an impression literally in your subconscious. That's what all these exercises are for. I've talked about this before. And I was talking to a friend and this friend has been yapping about this person for two years to the point where like, shut up. Like you're annoying. This person is a figment of your imagination. Like it's not real. Like just stop it. Only to find out in this week, my friend has gone on a date with this person that they've been yapping about for two years that we've all been making fun of them for. Like, okay, this is like not actually going to happen. Like, shut up. And then even me, who never, you know, I'm the last person to underestimate anyone. And I, I was blown away that this person went on a date with the their dream crush that they've been talking about for two years. And, you know, my friend wrote a letter of what they're looking for in a person and they've been keeping it in their wallet you know, with the details and everything. And then this person that they've been wanting to be with, you know, they they went on a date with them. And I just find the whole thing fascinating. And I'm about to go write that letter to myself now, like me five years into the future, writing to present me. And I encourage you to do the same. Thank you for listening. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.